My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm going to be your host tonight. Uh, tonight, we are going to discuss Transformers War for Cybertron, uh, the Netflix show, uh, which is going to be an, another trilogy of shows like the uh, as we affectionately refer to it as the Machitama trilogy. Oh, wait, did I say affectionately? No, that's not the word I want. Uh derisively disgustedly i don't know in whatever case we're going to talk about the first season of of netflix war for cybertron all six episodes and uh joining me tonight are hey what's up guys it's derek this is justin and i would like to surrender to the fan holes podcast there are some surrender tubes right around the corner. <laughs> There's surrender tubes. Yes, so War for Cybertron. Yeah, it just when as we were recording this, it just came out the other week. So we figured, you know, we'd we'd uh, we'd talk about it now while it's still ling festering in our recesses <laughs> of our brain. <laughs> so we didn't have to like relive it at a later date. So like. I don't know how when this episode will come out, but at least we're, our thoughts are fresh, like on it. At least um, I'm just gonna read like the wiki's like basic background info, and then uh, in terms of a synopsis, well, I have something in store for that. But um, Transformers: War for Cybertron is an animated series produced by Hasbro and Rooster Teeth, with animation by Polygon Pictures, based on the War for Cybertron trilogy franchise. F.J. DeSanto acts as series showrunner, a role he previously held for the Prime Wars trilogy web series, with George Christick, Gavin Hynight, and Brandon F. Easton as writers. The show also sees Jake Fushi, Jason Marnocha, and Frank Todaro reprising their respective roles as Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Starscream, as well as previous Transformers alumni Keith Silverstein and Sophia Isabella returning for voice work as new characters. Three seasons of this show are planned for release via Netflix, one for each of the franchise's three lines, and the first season was released uh, July 30th, 2020. Uh, in conjunction with this series, Hasbro released a small toy line featuring extremely animation-accurate uh, paint jobs. Like, you can go to, I think, what are they, like a Target exclusive? Like, at the Netflix versions of, like, the Siege toys? Like, they're all, like, slathered in battle damage or whatever? Are they are they Target? Uh, Walmart. Or Walmart. Walmart right? That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I didn't really care, so I didn't pay attention. But <laughs> but yeah. This... I, I just I just know I haven't been in a Target in years, and I was like, I know I've seen those. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um since like usually when we did like the you know the 
Combiner Wars, Titans Return, and Power of the Primes things, I laboriously went through every single episode and synopsized it, and we talked about every episode, but I don't feel like doing that again. And, you know, I know Justin, I, I didn't want to put Justin to sleep again, because I know he hates that too. So, instead, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I at first I decided to write my own like brief synopsis, like a couple paragraphs of it. But then I decided that wouldn't be any fun either. Then uh, last week we were all talking and I think Justin said something like how he, he gets some kind of pleasure out of making Derek do things he hates doing. So what I've done is I've written a purposely bad synopsis for this <laughs> show. And I'm going, I'm going to post it in the chat box for Derek, and Derek is going to read it. Sight, sight unseen, Derek is going to read it. Cold read, huh? All right. Yes. So hang on. Let me just copy and paste it. Here, I'm going to read this as Megatron, I guess, or whatever. We'll see how it goes. Long ago, there was a war for Cybertron. It was a siege. The good Autobots raced to get enough energy to launch the ship into space. But the evil Decepticons, oh, that's me, didn't want that. Sadly, Ultra Magnus betrayed his brother Optimus to Megatron. <laughs> then Megatron shot Ultra Magnus. Jetfire also betrayed Megatron and killed Skywar uh, Skyrap. Skyrap. <laughs> Authenticity. Skyrap. Then Megatron made... I was going to correct that. Starscream, King of the Seekers. Impactor was also another who betrayed his side, as well as Mirage, but it was only a trick because his colors were different. The Autobots didn't know what to do. But then Optimus Prime's father, Alpha Trion, went inside Bumblebee and told him what to. <laughs> <laughs> then Bumblebee changed his mind to be an Autobot. Bumblebee told the Autobots to get the Allspark, and so they went to Soundwave's clone. Sound Blaster's place with RC and Pog to get <laughs> to get energy for that. Although there was a fight, in the end, the Autobots had to fight zombies. <laughs> that ate Moon Racer, and then the Decepticons again. And then Omega Supreme came to the fight. Megatron, that's me, was going to shoot Prime, but Bumblebee shot him first, unlike Ultra Magnus, who didn't shoot. <laughs> that's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> the Optimus threw the Allspark. <laughs> Uh, okay. The Optimus <laughs> threw the Allspark into the space bridge, and then the Ark went through to to Earthrise. <laughs> the end till next season. P.S. 
Elita One and Jetfire got together at the end because the Optimus was gone through the space bridge. <laughs> and that is the totally 100% internet accurate uh, <laughs> synopsis of uh, Netflix's War for Cybertron. <laughs> wow, um, I'm, I'm crying. Because um, that was beautiful. Yeah. I figured uh, that would be a lot funnier. <laughs> we could have possibly, uh, you know, scrounged together. Well, I did scrounge it together this afternoon, but you know. But thank I, you, I Derek. Could, I I could talk for hours about how Ultra Magnus didn't shoot. So yeah, that's uh, that's completely accurate. <laughs> but yeah, so as you can probably assume, um, I don't think any of us were all that satisfied with this series and you know i'm sure we're gonna have a lot of complaining to do but i guess to be nice like why don't we start with some things we liked about this series like one one thing i will start with is that at the very least i think they made it like it was a good concept like the role they had bumblebee in i guess like it was a good concept to have him be like sort of you know, either a neutral or, you know, a scavenger or something that had to be, like, dragged into the war. I don't know if it was executed well, but that was the only, like, I felt, like, new role that they, like, you know, that worked, at least, like, conceptually, at least. But I, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I thought that was at least a good idea. I mean, I have I have thoughts about it. I don't know that they're positive, so then, I, I mean, I would either let Justin talk about things he he liked about this series or you, you know what i mean like so to be perfectly honest i think overall i was okay with this series like i didn't hate it i'm fine with making fun of it and tearing it apart and laughing at it because it's fun there were a lot of weird choices in it it feels like some characters were switched like ratchet should have been Wheeljack and vice versa, and Alita and Prowl should have switched, but that's, I mean, those are just weird choices, but overall, I think I, I enjoyed most of it, and I know you guys are going to be like, what, naughty, but, okay, keep in mind, I want to remind you guys just how bad Power of the Primes was, like, that, that was <laughs> awful, the other two, uh, Mishidamu series, they were really bad too. But Power of the Primes, man, that that was some really bad stuff. I think that's worse than Energon and the two Japanese Beast Wars shows put together. And it's as bad as I imagine Kiss Players is if I actually sat in and read that. But like Power of the Primes, man, that that's not even the bottom of the barrel power of the primes is like you kick over the barrel and dig 10 feet under the barrel and that's where you find power of the primes it's just like this this rotting corpse that used to be transformers that somebody dug up and was like oh this could be a tv show i think that's why i enjoyed this to the extent that i did because like that was so bad this this feels like they put in like maybe 10% effort whereas the other three machinima ones it's like they only gave in like they gave it 1% effort you know like some some intern read like half-ass wikipedia articles and 
they were working on like their childhood memories and they never watched Transformers since then or something. That's what the Machinima ones feel like. With this, it feels like there was some effort put into it. I guess because it's Netflix and they didn't want it to be seen as like, I don't know, worldwide dunces or morons. It refers to the infinity point where two parallel lines meet. Parallel lines don't meet. But these lines aren't parallel. I know you guys have thoughts on the animation. I think this animation is actually pretty good. I mean, again, I would point to like the Machidam animation as being pretty awful. Like in this, I I like whenever they do those close-ups of Megatron, you can like see like the scratches in the metal of like his his helmet and his face and I like all the like dramatic shading and the holes and the scorch marks and whenever it's raining you can see rain kind of bouncing off the metal like i think all that stuff is really cool i think i think it's pretty well done again it's not the greatest animation and you can see where they cheat especially when they've got all of these freaking clones they've only got like you know what six or seven or maybe a dozen character models and they reuse them to death like what the only people who don't get reused it's like prime and megatron and ultra magnus and shockwave and jetfire right like they don't get reused but everyone else at least once they get reused you get one little cliff jumper cameo at the end everyone else is like an army of seekers an army of reflectors and i that just came across as really cheap but i don't know i think i've rambled enough and you know i, I know you guys are not crazy about this and it's okay if we don't agree because you know we don't always have to agree. I, I agree it's a step up but like you said like if if the power of the primes is like a freaking corpse like a step up from a corpse is still like i don't know like you're trying to dig your way out of a grave almost like <laughs> I, I, I like i i can and i understand like i think like th this is an improvement yes um i don't it, i don't like i don't feel it was enough of an improvement and I, I think it was, like, enough of an, an improvement that, like, for some reason, this has got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever goddamn reason. Like, like where people, well, you know... That's that's the, the critic score. And then the audience approval, I think, the last time I looked, was 86%, which is still extremely high for, for something like this. Yeah. It seems like, I mean... You've got that whole thing of, you know, modern times where, like, if something gets advanced reviewed, it usually gets a good review because these people want to keep reviewing stuff in advance. So I kind of take that into effect. As far as the audience review, I think Mike maybe have said this on Bot Talk. Like, this, I think this is pretty much geared towards, like, normies and casuals and people who, like, grew up with Transformers but never came back to it or revisited it or, you know, people watching with their kids and, you know, it's like, oh, hey, son, I used to watch Transformers when I was a little, you know, girl or whatever. Like, I think that's the main audience here. It seems like when this debuted worldwide, most of the uh, hardcore, like, ultra Transformers fans like, like us, like, you know, we were picking it apart. You know, we were like, oh, you know, like I said, you know, Wheeljack and Ratchet should switch their respective roles and you know, on and on and on. We could nitpick this to death. But all those nitpicks aside, and I agree with all of them, I still think I enjoyed this for the most part. Again, I would preface it with, you know, remember how shitty the three previous installments were. Like, I think those kind of broke me for a while. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and play nice at least for for the purpose of this before I come back with anything else. Like what what did I like about this? I think the the music was a lot better in this. Um, I like the music in this. I don't know if it was just because it had kind of a a synthy vibe or it kind of sounded Tron like or whatever, but it kind of had some cool vibes to it. I, I, it's one of those things where I didn't feel like skipping to through the end credits because I thought the song was kind of cool. So as far as something that I consider a positive, and I think that goes a long way, right? It's, it's window dressing, but I mean, imagine Star Wars without the John Williams window dressing. So it's like that sometimes that window dressing, you know, helps make a perfect package, right? Like, so, so it's not anything you need to sweep under the rug. Like I, I I think I will go to bat and say, look, this did have some, uh, you know, a decent score. And I think it shows and makes the end product, you know, look better. I think the other thing that I, and I'll, I'll stand by this is, I mean, I think the the one character that I thought, you know, they they tried to, like Justin said, it, it's sort of for a, a casual viewer. So, but something else that that was mentioned was how maybe the people writing it were either going based on what their memories of the G one cartoon were, and then they had some, you know, poor intern research a couple wiki pages and brought back to them the gladiatorial games and you know uh you know megatron's time in the mines and all this other kind of stuff and you know they tried to put their own spin on that in the current political landscape and all that kind of stuff and so what you've got is something that's kind of an amalgamation of g1 megatron with idw megatron and then you know the the same voice actor from the power of the primes to keep some semblance of consistency, I guess, within that performance. So, I mean, he was probably the most charming thing about those machinima things. And I don't, I, I think, you know, I, I think maybe Mike said this in, in writing or something like that, but, you know, he mentioned that, that Megatron isn't really quote unquote charming in this, but I, I don't think he's meant to be at this point. I mean, he, he I, I think in some sense, he he probably had a certain amount of charisma to get all the Decepticons to join his cause. And then, you know, and it sounds like, although this is this is where stuff gets blurrier, you know, and, and I don't like the show that much. But, you know, I mean, at some point they, they try to establish, even though it's not very clear, it's quite vague, in fact that there were relationships between Ultra Magnus and himself. There were relationships between Optimus Prime and himself. So it's not like as clear cut as perhaps, you know, people would remember from a G1 cartoon where it's like Megatron's bad, Optimus Prime's good. There's no kind of middle ground or, or gray to that battle. And, and I think that probably makes for, especially casual, something that, Probably, even though for us, it's just kind of frosting. And if you've read any of the IDW comics, it's a lot more rich. There's a lot more, you know, I don't know, Black Forest chocolate or whatever the hell cake there than there is in this. Probably for somebody from somebody's vantage point who has never experienced that, they they, they think it's great. 
Um, those are my only two positives. Megatron and the music is good. The rest of it I kind of didn't like, so I'll just use this as an opportunity to dovetail. Um, <laughs> if if this is... If, if Mashidama is is a rotten corpse, because I was just going to use the food analogy, Justin. I was just going to say, you know, if Mashidama was like hamburger helper, this is like McDonald's. And I'm like, okay, like, great. Like, I'm glad you guys like your McDonald's. I ain't eating hamburger helper, and I sure as fuck don't want to eat McDonald's. You know, like, so that's kind of how I view this. Like, I get why people, you know, probably enjoy eating it because they're in a pinch or whatever, and it's something fast and quick and it's hot or whatever. But... I don't get it. And if you're going to go with your analogy that Machinima was this corpse, well, all this is is somebody dug up a corpse, they dressed it up in the home and put a bunch of makeup on it and tried to make it look nice. But if you try to dance with it or French kiss it or do anything, like, it's a no-go, man. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's kind of gross, in fact. So, I mean, <laughs> like, that's, I don't know. Like, like for my immediate take on it, it, it was kind of like I saw the trailer and my first impressions are kind of the same. Like, I know you said, like, okay, the animation is better. They they dressed it up. They It's like... How like CGI was not always state of the art, right? But the people that were smart about it, right? The people like Spielberg or whoever that made movies like Jurassic Park that knew CGI at the time looked shitty in the daytime, they made sure, okay, when the, the Jeep gets run over and the T-Rex comes out and all this other stuff, it's at night. It's raining. You can't see everything. We have a lot of shadows. We can, you know, make it look real, but we can cover up any of the flaws that currently exist within the technology by all this smoke and mirrors. And Machinima had no smoke and mirrors. It just looked like total fucking shit. This, it's still the same kind of models and tools and everything, but they shade it. They put all this little bullet scratching and the stuff that Justin said he liked, the shells and the, the, the whatever. They put all this crap on it. And they put smoke and stuff so that when somebody lands, you know, I mean, I will admit at least, uh, you know, I don't know that the performances I thought were the most outstanding. But I mean, as far as the ADR stuff, I mean, that might go back to a positive. But that's kind of like saying something that is substandard finally becoming standard is a positive. You know, like the Machinima stuff, we all joked about it, but it sounded like it was recorded in a fucking bathroom. Like, this sounds like it was recorded in a studio. Well, great. Shouldn't everything sound like it's recorded in a studio? I'm not going to give them a positive for doing something that everybody should have fucking been doing from the beginning, right? But, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I just, you I know. It, when it yeah. comes to the animation, I guess the analogy I would use is, like, the Machinima stuff was, like, a coloring book that they just gave to some kid and he just did whatever. And this feels like a real comic book. I guess that would be the analogy I would use. Like, I, mm. that's how better, that's how much better it appears to me. Like, it feels more stylish, at least. Like, at least well, they tried. But see, see, this is this is what I go with. Then, like, it's like if if you're saying it's a coloring book and Machinima was just a kid scribbling and doing whatever the hell he wanted. To me, this is still uh, a coloring book. But instead of it being a free-for-all, like Grand Theft Auto, and the kid can go anywhere with his crayon, this is like that paint-by-numbers shit, where it's like, here's a jug of fucking orange. Guess what? Wheelie is 
number three everywhere. What's number three? Orange. And you paint orange all over the fucking place. It's like, even though Wheelie's not in this, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just to me. And it's like, yeah, they tried. They slopped all the paint in the right place. But it's like, you just kind of go like, I don't know. Just to me, there there wasn't a lot of feeling behind it. I think also, you know what else I think is a character in Transformers that doesn't get discussed a lot, or at least, and maybe this is just me with nostalgia goggles and blinders, but I kind of feel like the sound effects are just a, a big a character as, like, say, a John Williams score and stuff like that. And, I mean... They barely transform. The transform noise isn't that great. The gun noises are terrible in this. Yeah. Like, it's just pew-pew shit. Yeah. I mean, there's no weight to it. You don't feel threatened. I mean, they might as well be shooting corn on the fucking cob at each other for all the threat <laughs> you feel. I mean, it, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't... I mean, maybe... Uh, you, you To me, this is why I say I kind of liked Megatron. But again, it, it's it's faint damning praise where i'm like oh the standard should be if if there's transformer laser fire gunfire whatever exchanged like it should have some character it should have some weight there should be it should either be an action thing or it should be like something threatening or whatever like you you know anybody even the casuals like that might might you know i don't know a casual's not gonna listen to this podcast but but even even a casual fan right that that they they have to have some inner sense memory of what Optimus Prime's gun blast sounded like in the old cartoon, right? When Megatron fires his fusion cannon, yes. you should know that's yeah. Megatron's fusion. You, it cannon. should mm-hmm. it should have its own unique identity. And and I think when at least at that point where Megatron gets ridiculously infuriated at Shockwave's bullshit and he's about to shoot him, like there at least is an element, an air of a threat, and 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 the fusion cannon being just a little bit different than a pew pew gun for just a moment, like, is helpful to me. The problem is later in the battles when all this fighting is going on, it goes back to the whole pew pew pew, and I'm just kind of like, this sucks. Like I'm not. I mean, it's like you know, and and then it has that weird vibe of like. Those uh, Marvel Ultimates cartoons where you're like, what, Giant Man died? Like, when did that happen? Like, you know, like like the the whole, you know, Skywarp gets shot in the back, and then by the next episode, you don't see him for a while, and then all of a sudden it's like, he killed Skywarp. And you're just like, okay. I mean, he looked hurt, but, you know, like, geez, man. Like, he just pew-pewed him. I mean, come on. Like, what? I, I guess at this point, I'm kind of all over the place. But, you know, I, I guess my my take is, like, I, I enjoyed watching Megatron. I, I think maybe another positive, and again, maybe faint damning praise. This is only six out, or six episodes. You know, it's 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 like, what, 20, 20-something minutes an episode? It's six episodes. It's the first part of a chapter. A lot of um, uh, online uh, uh, reviewers, you know, they, they, they kind of said it's tantamount to watching... Uh, the first installment of a movie trilogy, right? Like, and if you look at it that way, I mean, that's kind of how I watched it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'll admit it. You know, I'm, I'm not a casual. I'm a hardcore guy or whatever, right? Like, I, I, I didn't realize this had come out because 
of everything that's been going on in the world. But I think the minute I did and I was like, oh, this is new, like everybody's watching it. And then I think I sat down maybe the next day after it came out. I, f I forget, but I don't think I watched it on the release date, but I think maybe the day after or something, I had the time and I just sat down and watched all six episodes and was like, okay, that's a thing. I did it. I watched it. You know, I'm not angry. I watched it, but man, you know, you talk about people that say, uh, something to them is deemed a good, uh, a good bit of entertainment because of its rewatchability. I don't think this has, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Cause all these other dumb fucks are online saying they rewatched it like five or six times or whatever, right? But like me, I'm like, I don't see that this has any. I mean, the only the only thing I thought of was maybe I'd try to listen to the Japanese language version or something because I heard it was on on Netflix. But even that, I didn't do. Like, so I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. You know, I, I think kind of what Mike said earlier about that that we wanted to talk about this while it was fresh and not have to revisit it i think that's just because it's like look i did it. it 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 reminded me of when i would watch a lot well with the exception of like say daredevil a lot of the marvel netflix shows like it was just some chore that i felt obligated to get through like all 13 episodes and if i if i stopped then then i would never pick it back up you know, and, and it, this was a lot easier to do because it was only six episodes. So, again, sort of faint, damning praise. But, I mean, I got through it. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the other thing that's weird about this is, okay, it's six episodes, right? But they don't have enough story for six episodes. Like, is that crazy? Like, you know, people talk about, no, you're, oh. You're not wrong. No, 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 no. no. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying, like, am I crazy? I'm saying, is it crazy that they don't have enough episode, uh, enough story for six episodes? Because it's like, you, you'd think, like, look, they, you know, they talk about these, oh, we got 22 episode, 26 episode series. And people complain about, oh, it's nothing but filler. And isn't it great how Netflix, you know, they gut all the filler, they have these short seasons, and they get straight to the point. None of this fucking gets straight to the point. There's so much repetitive bullshit. I mean, there's so much redundancy in this, it's annoying. I mean, okay, you got Prime and Megatron. Okay, that's fine. You need that. You got Bumblebee as the somewhat interesting, uh, non-committed to either... And again, we need to talk about this, but non-committed to either race, either faction, either whatever the fuck they are. Like, see, that this is a part of it where I don't think anybody who wrote this knew their ass from their fucking head, right? Like, because, like, are Autobots a race? Are Decepticons a race? If they are, then that's a little different in terms of storytelling, right? If, if they are, how can Bumblebee choose not to be either of them? How can he be an independent? How can he then decide he is one or the other if they're a race? That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. If somebody can explain it to me, I'd be happy to listen. But that doesn't make dick load of sense to me. If they're factions, like we're all used to, right? It's a brand, like you join one side or the other. It makes Bumblebee's arc make sense. It makes Jetfire and Impactor, whose arcs are redundant, makes sense, right? They they were part of one faction. They decided that that faction was not what they were about anymore, and they switched sides, right? Like, 
that's or or in Impactor's case, you know, maybe you know the friendship from Ratchet is is what turned him around, right? And 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 that caused him to see things from a different perspective, right? But that I mean, you you don't you don't give up being your race and switch to being another race. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, so you you've got um, you've got Bumblebee and Ratchet who are kind of redundant too. Because it's like Bumblebee's the I'm not going to pick a side. Ratchet's like the the medic who doesn't want to talk to anybody who's a magical engineer or whatever the fuck. And and then it's like oh I I don't I just fix I just fix Cybertronians I just fix people I don't you know basically I mean if you're going to use the 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 race analogy that they try to use in this but doesn't make a lot of sense. Basically it's like I I treat you know human beings medically. You know it doesn't matter you know, what, what color creed, you know, spectrum, whatever, like what, whatever it is, you know, you, you have an injury, you have a medical problem. I am a physician, you know, do no harm. I will, I will help you. Right. And, and that's fine. Right. But then, you know, you've got this, this thing where he's got to make the side and choose to help them build the fucking or repair the space bridge and all this other shit. And meanwhile, Bumblebee's Doing the same fucking shit, saying I don't want to pick a side, and that could have been. I think that could have been interesting if I didn't think they were trying to guilt trip people who are neutral. You know, like like I I I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Like maybe it's just my own head trip. But I I just got the idea like Bumblebee's supposed to be some kind of. Um, parable or fable about what basically if you don't choose a side the choice is going to be made for you eventually whether you like it or not and i don't i don't know what kind of message that sends exactly like i don't i don't you know and 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 it didn't really seem to come to anything because i mean if he has an arc right shouldn't he choose for himself like wouldn't that be a real arc i was gonna say like like i said like it wasn't I think the concept was good, but it wasn't executed well because, well, first of all, you know Bumblebee's eventually going to be an Autobot, but he's not allowed to, like, grow into that. He's just, like, he's basically mind-fucked into being an Autobot. Well, and then that's another thing that that you got, you got the fucking Matrix, you got the fucking AllSpark, you got the fucking Alpha Trion protocols from out of nowhere, which is what mind-fucks Bumblebee, I guess, basically, and then... Okay, I'm trying to figure this out, like, and and maybe since Justin enjoyed it, he can explain this to me better than I can understand it. So, okay, so what what do the Alpha Trion protocols do? Like, what what are they supposed to do? Like, they're supposed, they house all the history, right? Yeah, uh, it seemed to me like they took all, you know, in like, um, Return of Optimus Prime when he releases the knowledge of the Matrix? Right. Like, it seemed to me like for, for, for whatever reason... They removed the knowledge of the Matrix and they they gave it to like Ultra Magnus for some reason. And then when he died, it goes to Bumblebee. See, I don't like this aspect either. Like this so, seems so, really dumb. Well, but so so if I, I'm just trying to follow whatever semblance of logic exists, right? So if if I understand correctly, right, then you know the Matrix of leadership is leadership, right? And that doesn't have anything to do with housing the the wisdom of of ancient cybertronians autobots races species whatever the fuck we're talking about who the fuck knows but whatever it, it houses wisdom let's just say right so 
it houses wisdom and ancient wisdom and they they need the wisdom to what figure out where the all spark is right i mean that that's basically what prime is asking of him once he has that protocol right like where's the all spark right so i'm like i don't know you know maybe i'm just a simple guy right but if this got passed from alpha trion to ultra magnus like couldn't Ultra Magnus have wrote them a fucking map or like told them where it was or tried to look it up on fucking um, Alpha Trion Protocol Google or whatever the fuck before he turned himself in? Like to make it, I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't get that. Like that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense to me either. Like I don't I don't know what the point of all that is, other than like n- now Bumblebee's in, right? Like he he got he got fucking Maxi Zoom dweebied by the fucking Alpha Trion protocol, and now all of a sudden, like he has no choice, right? He is a fucking Autobot. He he didn't choose that on his own. Like I mean, I suppose you're supposed to get the takeaway that when um, who is it? Red Alert hands him the fucking pistol and says, "All right, like you're in it for the long haul now." And then he gets up behind the fucking crate and starts shooting. Like that's supposed to be that. Like presumably. That's the climax of his his little arc, right? Like then he's officially a fucking Autobot or whatever, right? And before he was only looking out for number one for himself, right? Like, but I mean, see, I, I don't. I mean, again, like like Mike's saying, like like the execution of it. It's like did did I don't know? It, it just it, it it's like one of those things where it's like, what if what if Spider Man was just a douche nozzle like he was? And then nothing ever happened to Uncle Ben, but then, like, freaking Doctor Strange's uh, Maxi Zoom Dweeby magic, like, he dies and it goes into Spider Man and says, okay, the Orb of Agamotto decided, like, you need to go, like, web swing and fight crime now. And he's like, okay, I guess I got to now. Like, like, it just seems kind of, like, weird, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. It is weird. I think they made it more complicated than it needs to be, and I don't like this aspect either, okay? I I don't know why they chose to, like, remove the wisdom from the Matrix. It would make more sense and be a lot less complicated if Bumblebee somehow came in contact with the Matrix, like he touches it. You know, like when Rodimus catches the Matrix and mm-hmm. transforms the movie and it okay. glows? Okay. And you, know, and you know something special about Rodimus is, or Hot Rod is going to happen? Like, just... I don't know how, but somehow in the story, have Bumblebee physically come in contact with the Matrix. And then when he touches it, maybe Alpha Trion lets him see the location of the Allspark for whatever reason. Like, he didn't want Optimus to see because, who knows, like, Optimus would fart on it or whatever. It's like, Bumblebee needed to, like, find this location, and maybe he needed to be told something... You know, it's like, oh, do, well, did you know that, you know, a million years ago, Megatron, you know, slaughtered people in the city and it was covered up and or something. And it's like Bumblebee's like, oh, I yeah, didn't know that. That That's another thing. Like, like and, and this has been a common, I think, complaint from us hardcore people or whatever. But because we we have knowledge of a multitude of continuities at our disposal and we can probably make a lot more educated guesses on what happened before this series started but there's no doubt like i mean 
yes, they're trying to uh, they're they're trying to take aspects of the various series, but they're certainly trying to give them like a the 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 average viewer kind of a generation one especially generation one sunbow cartoon vibe right but they're not willing to adhere to that either like this is this is not a prequel to more than meets the eye i mean it's not like people you know skywarp's it, it, it's dead clo- it's like, close enough so the casuals will be like yeah this leads right into the cartoon like i feel like it's like but, blurry but, but, enough but but it can't because Skywarp's no, it, dead. Of course it and, can't. Yeah, and yeah. and Ultra Magnus is dead. And I mean, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Like, but but and I, I don't know. Anyway, because the writer but, the writers have blurry memories of the cartoon, so they figure the audience will too, basically. Or you know what I think though? I mean, I mean, this is this is the dirty secret. I I think they just don't fucking care. You know, I think it just doesn't matter. You know, like, like it, you could take the time, you know, like Cog, guess what? Cog, who is multiply used and repeated, I don't know who Cog is, right? Like, and I'm supposed to be a hardcore guy, but I'm like, who the fuck is that? And Mike has to explain to me it's Cog. If Cog had the fucking Alpha Trion protocols and stupid fucking Cog was the military leader of the Autobots and turned himself in and Cog got blown a hole in his chest like Megatron, guess what? Like, that could still tie into fucking whatever you wanted to tie into if that was your goal. But you know what? You didn't fucking take the time. You didn't even figure it out. You just figure, oh, yeah, Ultra Magnus, okay, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, these are the same stupid fucks who have a cloak on fucking Ultra Magnus. Like, it's supposed to be a fucking disguise. They don't fucking care. (laughs) They just don't fucking care. Okay, we're veering into something that I want to talk about, and that's Ultra Magnus in general. Now, okay, well, first of all, you know me. Like, I love it when a robot wears a cloak. So how did they make the robot wearing the cloak thing dumb? Like, honestly, like, first of all, yeah, it's like, like, it would be stupid enough if it was just, you know, it wasn't even remarked on. But then they go and remark on it like it somehow hides his identity or something like Starscream literally says, like, reveal yourself. Who the hell are you? Like, and like, that's my avatar right now is Magnus in the cloak and his friggin like shoulder towers are jutting out like like willy nilly like you'd have to be and you even said like ultra like justin said that ultra magnus is one of the models they don't reuse so it's like clearly he's a unique looking guy so how could you possibly think that he was anyone else like in that this quote unquote disguise if if uh, adding some shadows and smoke cleans up shitty animation i guess that cloak cleans up uh Ultra Magnus's identity. Right? <laughs> well, it's like the wiki has like a, a picture of like Ultra Magnus in the cloak. And like I added the caption like, yes, like you cannot recognize me. My name is Sun Gam Artlu. Like Ultra <laughs> Magnus backwards. Like, <laughs> it's like so like, <laughs> it's like so freaking obvious, but it like fools people like. Nev Pack Levram, oh boy. But uh, and okay, and then the other like Ultra Magnus as a character, 
Do you guys sense like, and this is mostly the same creative like forces behind like the the Machinima trilogy. Do you guys still sense like a contempt for like the movie cast, like like you mm. know the, the uh, Machinima trilogy? It's like Hot Rod Rodimus, like you know he got owned, like you yeah. know, he got, and now Ultra Magnus is like a is like you know he surrenders. He he's you know, ineffectual. He's, He's ineffectual. He gets tortured. Is, like he gets strung up this, like a gimp. Like, and then he finally gets murdered. Is this sh- like I don't want to say shocking, but is this is this something that's that's a uh, uh, continual revelation to us because we read All Hell Megatron like a zillion years ago? Like, but is this is this that in in TV land in Hollywood land? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that whole that whole you know uh, G E E. W U N, you know, G one. Like, you know, is that feel, like, is that is like that what this is? Most seasoned Transformers fans moved past the attitude that like the movie characters were lame in the nineties. If even before that, like, you know, people, some people accepted them right off the bat, but some people, I remember in the nineties there were on the internet, people were like, Oh yeah. Ultra Magnus is a big wuss. Like he can't deal with that now. Like, but uh, eventually I felt like that attitude like dissipated. Like all of a sudden, you know, at when people, you know, eventually like grew up, they're like, no, no, like all those guys are cool. Like, you know, those are cool. But somehow, especially like, you know, Brandon Easton wrote part of this and he wrote that shitty ass deviations oh, yeah. issue of IDW yeah. where all the movie cast was also like shit up, shat upon and like, you know, demeaned and like killed off horribly. Like, so I was like, wait, where is this friggin' like underlying contempt for those characters coming from? Like, and I, I feel like it's a complete misread of the audience, and or maybe isn't, it's just isn't it's that a, we, isn't that weird though? Like, is that like is that like one of those things where like you, you know it's funny because if if Hasbro's supposed to be behind this, right? Like, you think like like don't they like there's an Ultra Magnus toy, right? Like. Don't they want to sell it? Yeah. Like, like the whole point of Transformers the movie was that they didn't realize that the kids got attached to a discontinued toy line, and the only reason why they were killing them off is because they knew the kids couldn't get those toys, and they wanted to sell the new product line, right? But here, you've got, apparently, some disgruntled adult writer who is now taking that out on whoever's buying these toys now? Like, I don't know. It's very strange. I mean, like, RC shows up, like you said, Derek, like, out of nowhere. Yes. In, like, yeah. episode five. And, well, like, that, that's, I mean... that's, that's one of the major things. Like, like this, is my, this is my thought. Like, if I was doing a Plinket video, the title card would be character introduction or lack thereof you know like that's basically what it would be and you're you know it it pisses me off because you're like dude rc comes out of fucking nowhere fucking you know what else pisses me off now tell me if i'm wrong moon racer moon racer comes out of fucking nowhere and dies right like yep she the whole time i was looking you know because the first what four episodes or whatever Chromia, 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 Chromia. So then these, you know, like in your synopsis, the fucking zombies come out. And I was like, holy shit, the zombies killed Chromia? What? And then by the time I got to the end of the thing, I'm like, wait a minute, Chromia's still alive. She's right there with fucking 
Jetfire and Alita One and all that. Wait, so what the fuck? And then I realized, oh, it's Moonracer. And then when I went back and paid attention to it, like I see Optimus Prime. Oh no, Moon Racer. You know, maybe I was so busy waiting for him to finish talking, I went up and got a fucking drink and <laughs> left and came back and missed Moon Racer. Well, what what didn't help yeah, is cold. they, you know, they didn't model a new head for her, so they just reused, you know, Chromia's model like completely. <sighs> like the very least they could have like given her, like even Cliff Jumper, he just had Bumblebee's head. Like they didn't bother modeling like new heads for them. But yeah, that's that. I mean, you know, yeah, RC comes out of nowhere. I mean, I think even even Ironhide and Prowl, like, I mean, like that's another thing that's weird about this. This reminds me of when I was a little kid, and I was ordering my Toy Biz Batman '89 Batman figure, and in my crude comic superpower story. I have Batman get captured by parademons and kidnapped by Darkseid and his goons. The reason why that happened was because I didn't have the Batman toy yet. It was going to be mailed to me from Warner Brothers. And then when it finally came in the mail, I was going to have Batman get rescued and, I don't know, bring Jason Todd back to life or some hokum shit. Like, I don't know. I had all this crazy fanfic stupid shit that was going on in my head. But anyway... I was going to do that. But the reason why I structured that the way I did was because I didn't, the toy wasn't available to me as of yet. And I feel like th th this is similar in the sense that like, you know, they talk about these, these CAD models, right? And that's what most of these were based on. They say with the exception of Bumblebee and Alita one, cause they were some kind of IDW designs or some shit or whatever. But other than that, apparently these are all like supposed to be one for one from the toy models from this line. And like part of me is kind of like, OK, well, maybe, you know, if I was invested in that toy line, may maybe that would be a positive for me. Right. Like the, the fact that like something that I see on screen is the same thing I can own at home. I mean, I, I don't own any of these toys and that has no impact on my enjoyment of the series one way or the other. But you know, that's that's something that's kind of, I don't know. You know what irritated me, and it's a small thing, to be honest? The whole Sound Blaster thing. Mm. Because, like, when Bubblebee said it's like, oh, this is somebody even worse, and, you know, uh, whoever he mentioned, I was like, well, it's got to be swindled, right? Like, that would be an easy swap for Hound, you know, just, like, give him a new head and change the paint, and you got swindled. So I was like, okay, we're going to see Swindle. I like Swindle. Swindle's cool. And then you go down there, and it's like, it's a sound blaster. It's a reuse of sound wave. And I was just like, what? But, huh? Galvatron has reused some of Soundwave's parts, along with some other new parts, and has reconstructed another Soundwave and renamed him New Soundwave. It's been a while. <laughs> Traditionally, Sound Blaster is just a recolor of Sound Wave. He's not a separate character, and he has his own like symbol on his chest. It looks like an Autobot with like a 
oh, that's what, or um, something. That, that, I was that, like, that's I, I I watched this interview with FD to fuckface or whatever his name is, but one of the showrunners. <laughs> what I think Tony said, uh, FJ DeSant no or whatever. <laughs> there you go, FJ DeSant no. Yeah, there you go. So he goes on and on about dude. He was he he was acting like. He invented the idea of a third Transformers faction where he's like, oh, this is great. Like, there was this great idea. There's this new faction symbol and we're going to we're going to introduce that into the world. And it's going to be so awesome. And I'm kind of like to me, I was like telling Mike, I'm like, yeah, so um, it's going to be great. Um, I'm going to introduce shoelaces to the world. Um, there's going to be this new concept. You're going to lace up your shoes. So instead of using Velcro or just slipping on the Crocs, like I, I've just came up with it. There's going to be this idea called shoelaces. And I'm just kind of like, what, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I don't, I don't even know, but see, and again, that that's something where you're like that, that's even more out of left field because sound blaster doesn't fit in with a casual viewer's memory Sound Blaster would only fit in with a hardcore fan's memory, and then they go out of their way to fuck that up and make it something totally unique to put their own fucking stamp on it because they're arrogant fuckfaces who don't care. Like, that's, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, it's just like they just don't fucking care. They, it's, I feel like that's almost like a toy tie in because they do have, like, they call that, like, the mercenary faction or whatever. Yeah. yeah, All that, all that means to me is they they came up with some new logo and they're like, oh, we're so happy to incorporate that. But like I, that makes no sense to me because the by its very nature the word mercenary means like you're out for yourself like you're you know you're an independent thing so they can't be in an in a faction like but and and if they're you in can't a faction, call them like all neutrals I guess but but that, that's the thing and then if they're in a faction like again they like like throwing all this flowery sort of modern day politically charged language right like so how does race come into it then if it's a faction are you a mercenary race or are you a mercenary faction if you're a mercenary faction then autobots can't be a race and furthermore you know this is my own pet peeve but you know the only person or people who decide whether somebody murders somebody is a court of fucking law okay so i'm tired of hearing people going you're going to murder those Autobots? It's like, what are you, the judge, Jetfire? And apparently he's also the jury and the executioner because he kills fucking Skywarp. It's like stupidity compounds stupidity. I don't believe in killing, so I'm going to kill you before we kill a bunch of people. Like, I don't know. Seems kind of weird, but whatever. Like, I don't get it. I I like the idea of like a cybertronian underworld like in you know say sound blaster is basically a crime boss like in yeah. and justin justin's totally right like why couldn't that have been swindle like that could have that would have fit yeah. a lot better and there probably is a good story in Soundwave having a clone who's like nothing like look there's a bizarro sound wave like walking around somewhere but this was not the place to do it i guess like that mm-hmm. again I, I think the concept is is quote is sound to be you know <laughs> use a pun, but yeah, like I I don't know it was not executed well. Concept superior, execution inferior. 
And look at like again and see maybe they should have used like Impactor like in that role like as as a like in the criminal use him as like the in the what? criminal underworld because like you, they used you... his model as like all the like enforcers like for mm-hmm. Soundmaster. What did you think of what they did with Impactor? Because you're you you of all of us would have to be the biggest Impactor yeah. fan, and 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 there's a lot of people like, oh my gosh, it's the first time Impactor's ever going to be animated. Like, is this a like super letdown, or or am I misinterpreting things? Like, is are there things yeah. to be positive about with this? A little bit. Well, first of all, his voice doesn't fit what I'd envision Impactor's voice to like. I think, like, you hit the nail on the head when we talked about, like, Sins of the Wreckers, that Impactor should be a sort of, like, old Bruce Wayne type. Mm. Like, like, or, you know, in my head, like, Impactor's always sounded kind of like Ron Perlman or something Mm. like that. Like, he's like a, you know, or, or, or even like Michael Ironside, like an old soldier, like, you know, he, he's like a hard ass. They, they tried to go for a like weak ass Beast Wars Dinobot with him in this, and it didn't mm. really work for me. Like it, his voice didn't work for me. Like they didn't like he went from like oh I'm dying I'm an evil Decepticon yeah then he's like oh, I'm dying save me Ratchet and then Ratchet saves him and he's like okay I'm like your best buddy now like like there's no there's no connective tissue between all the stages of his like characterization in this series so like and and then he died and like i suppose that's supposed to be like uh ooh, look like it's an homage to like marvel uk or something like he gives his life for like someone else like mm. and he dies and i'm like that's it like you know I, I thought you know he was gonna come on the ark and they were gonna have like adventures and stuff like mm. i don't know like it, it, i i did not care for it you know what else is weird and i i could be wrong but i was trying to pay attention to this Everyone who has a shoulder-mounted weapon, they never use it. Because <laughs> because there's no there's no pew pew for that or whatever the fuck. No, like it impactors like shoulder cannon like uh, mirage like all those guys. Like the only thing I saw was I think I saw one sequence where Hound was firing from his shoulder-mounted thing, maybe. But like all those all the rest of those guys, like I don't think they ever use those weapons. Again, talking about logic, I don't understand. Like, Sideswipe has a shoulder-mounted cannon, right? Yes. Yes. But then Cog transforms, jumps onto his shoulders, and shoots <laughs> for him, right? No no one, back to the sound blaster scene, no one made me laugh, too, is when they're like, you know, scan everyone for wep- for weapons. Okay, you're all clean. And I'm like, Cog is literally made of guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, like, look at him. Like, like... Oh, I guess they didn't notice because he was wearing a cloak over his head or something. Like I was like, "Don't, don't mind me. It's just me, <laughs> Gawk." Like, you know what they should have done, dog. Mike? When when the Ark lost its cloaking, they should have just like made a giant cloak and threw it over the Ark. Yeah, that would have hit. Yep, exactly. There were, then all the Decepticons would have been like, "Where did it go?" Like, <laughs> am I? Am I being? Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a duty head, or maybe there's something about the toy. CAD models that I don't understand, but is it just me? Like, it it seemed like the Seekers would repeatedly use rifles when they have guns on their shoulders. Yeah, that was a little annoyance to me, too. Like, they would would use their, like, arm-mounted rifles, but they would just hold them like they were, like, like pew-pew guns, like, instead of just shooting them straight off their, like, arms. Their arms, okay. 
Like that okay. that's another thing like remember in like I think it was like Titans Return when like Hot Rod had like the hand blaster that was all mm. complex and transformed and like we were all like but you have the friggin exhaust pipes on your arms like right, why right. would they waste time like modeling that when it would be just easier to do it the classic and you know like easier way like wouldn't it be easier to keep all the guns on the seeker's shoulders and like have them just or arms and just have them fire it off there like why expend that effort to get it wrong like yeah i i mean and i guess i i don't know like i don't know how deep i want to go into this but i i i did briefly mention you know kind of the vague way they would set up even though it's not very well established you know the the connections you know megatron uh makes comments about gladiatorial games and being in the mines and clearly like the inferences that impactor was also in the mines that that mirage was part of an aristocracy you know that uh, bumblebee you know raced on velocitron um and there are other things that i think are less obvious like the notion that when Jetfire comes to offer his services, he uh, offers to um, submit himself to having a head explosion. And that sort of reminds me of the, you know, the, the robots in disguise thing where, you know, Prowl had those chips on, you know, like pretty much all the Decepticons, right? Like that, that was the whole, you know, thing about that and that that was like some sort of, slight nod to to that um and then the other thing that uh, is what i'm kind of you know tiptoeing around right is in the opening they starscream has a comment about well looters will be shot on site and what do you think that means for autobots right and so the i guess the inference there is if bumblebee's not part of a faction he's a looter and Wheeljack's an Autobot, so we're going to shoot the both of them. And at that point, Jetfire lops his arm off, which I thought was a weird way to open it, because now you've got all these Decepticons fighting among themselves, and they can't even fucking decide what to do until Megatron rolls in, which makes Megatron look good, but makes the rest of them look stupid. <laughs> and I, I, I think this is that case of, like, an intern, you know, reading the wikis and maybe not understanding the full picture or not getting anything or whatever. But like, you know, I find it interesting that like, you know, obviously a lot's changed in the modern landscape and all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's kind of, I don't know, there, there's, there's no small sense of irony that, you know, as much as I dislike it, the, the, you know, autocracy, pompacity, bombosity, you know, trilogy or whatever the fuck, right? Like all that stuff, it's pretty clear that there was a caste system on Cybertron, that there were corrupt senators, that there were Cybertronians that were basically from design set up to be a slave labor class as opposed to other, you know, bots that got to do other things based on what they transformed into, which they call functionism. And then they've got the 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 two setups when when you're when you're looking into the lead up to all this war, like what started the war, it's like, well, on the outskirts of it, which I find ironic at any rate, is Orion Pax and and Prowl and all those guys, like, 
I mean, even Bumblebee to a degree, like they were all pretty much cops, right? I mean, that that's the gist I got out of it. And 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 what cracks me up now is that's basically persona non grata. And so you've got the opening to this show where essentially I guess the seekers are bad cops except for Jetfire who has somewhat of a conscience. I mean, that seemed to be uh, the vibe I got out of the whole looter line, which I think is completely opposite to it's like it's got an IDW flavor, but it's completely opposite to what was actually written on the page, I guess. You know, and and you'd think that I mean, if anybody, Starscream's not a bad cop, by the way, which is probably why this gets under my skin. Starscream's, what, a bad senator, you know? Like, he's a bad politician. He's a, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I don't know. Like, to me, like, it's like they seem to ignore that aspect of it. They seem to ignore that, that, you know, basically what part of what got this society in such a war-torn bad situation were all these corrupt politicians which they don't really seem to to tackle that at all it's all telling and not showing yeah like it's like even even starscream and jetfire's relationship like is like i really didn't care for that like like the jetfire lobbing off starscream's arm like right off the bat like that's like going from like zero to 11 like in one thing like like holy shit like and it like they're trying to tell you like oh these two have an antagonistic relationship but can't you do like better than that like like the most obvious fucking thing like you know, like, I don't agree with this guy, so I'm going to cut, like, if me and Derek were standing side by side, and it's like, I don't agree with Derek's going to, like, doing, I'm going to cut his arm off. Like, that, that's so, like, what's the word? Like, hyperbolic. Like, well, it's like, it's like, where, where do they, I mean, where is there to go exactly? Like, like, it's like, it's like, you're burying the lead. And then on top of that, like, you know, I think, again, much like, like, the Bumblebee discussion, I mean, whether it's Impactor or Jetfire, like, you could have had a compelling arc, a compelling story for somebody who who believes in a cause, you know, but then is swayed away from the cause because there are other factors, other things brought to their attention, other things that change their mind, and they decide that, you know, the cause they were fighting for either isn't the same cause they believed in to begin with, or, you know, is just, you know, it's lost its way, you know, and and that that they now subscribe, you know, whatever they believed in is now the subscription of this this other party, right? And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like I, I get that a lot of people, you know, for the glazing, you know, or whatever, like I get that Justin just kind of sat back and enjoyed it and whatever. And it's, there's not too much to it, but I, I, I just wish if, if, if you're going to do it, like then, you know, maybe, you know, give, give some, a little more meat than, than, than that, you know, not just, not just frosting or whatever. Another thing about Jetfire and like, I, like, I feel he got this bad. Like we were, we're talking a little about how like, you know, unnaturally slow and like dragged out some of the dialogue is like, I feel like that was focused on Jetfire, like an awful lot. And I feel bad because that's Keith Silverstein voicing Jetfire. And he's like, you know, he's a veteran, like kind of voice actor. He's the current voice of like Shar Aznable, which I, you know, I can, Consider to be, you know, that's a 
big deal, but like a, a lot of his lines are so friggin' unnatural and like, he, like, and when he's, you know, he, he sounds like in the first few episodes, he sounds like so cartoonishly like, like evil and like sinister. And then like when he finally like turns, it's kind of, I don't know. It just feels very unnatural. Like at one point Megatron like says something to him and he's like under stood like no one like i don't know if they animated this first and people like the english people like had to like dub it like you know match it voice flaps or like because i i did watch it well, in japanese too and here, like here's a good question what why do they call it an anime yeah like, right like uh-huh that doesn't make sense to me either because i mean i mean like rooster whatever productions right that's not japanese right like no i thought i thought this was primarily made for like you know english speaking like audiences and everything else was like you know adapted because i watched the japanese isn't isn't that just a bigger symptom of the entire problem with this show like we're gonna call it an anime without knowing what that means but we've got the label we've got the (laughs) veneer we've got the frosting yeah We've got the like this we're gonna make this animation look slick even though it's it's like okay we polished a turd it's like congratulations that's the shiniest fucking turd i've ever seen but it's still a fucking turd you know like like i, I watch i did watch it in japanese and like it their voice acting felt a little more natural in places but like the lip flaps seem to fit their mouths like better than like the English like version like did. So I was wondering, did they animate this for the Japanese voice track first or I don't, I don't know, but like, I don't know. Speaking of the Japanese version, like, like I said, the dialogue was a little like, I mean, they didn't, there's no like dedicated Japanese like subtitles. Like they just use the English like you know dub script so there might have been some it seemed like basically the same story but there might have been like some like you know alterations here and there like i was surprised like the japanese like actors use all the american like terminology and names and stuff like you know they and i know so it was it was optimus prime yeah yep and you know it's bumblebee it's optimus prime it's decepticons and autobotos and decepticons instead of you know cybertrons Cybertrons. yeah so and i was kind of laughing because like you know they they keep what do you call when bumblebee's protesting to like starscream like you know starscream's like autobot and bumblebee's like autobot janai like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mike, you need to like sample that and make a new mix of like Autobotanai. You you need to do it with the blaster, the blaster fat beats. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like I just don't know why like some some people sound fine. Like if if you have a mouth plate, like you know, Cog and Optimus Prime and like whoever else, like at least even though I think like Optimus Prime's like voice actor is trying way too hard to yes. try and sound like Peter Cullen, like at least way like yeah, too hard. <laughs> yeah. At least when when the camera's not on him, at least like his dialogue has a natural like sort of flow to it. But I don't know. Whenever someone is talking, like even Megatron sounded a bit like slow and measured to me. Yeah. The one that yeah. bothered me the most, and I don't know how you feel about this one, Mike. I assume you're with me on this, but like the voice I really hated was Shockwave because it does mm. not fit Shockwave's yeah. character at all. Not at all. Nope. 
No, not at all. He sounded too like sin, like evil. Like it's almost like in the way like they they played him in this. It's almost like he was like tarantulas or something. Like he yes. was like some creepy yes. mad scientist. Yeah, I I concur. Like that that yeah. I mean, I didn't think of him as shockwave. I thought he was some mangala like experimental dude. Like tarantulas would have been in the. IDW and it's funny in in Japanese like in in Japan like shockwave is characterized as like a grumpy old man kind (laughs) of so like like he was he sounded like like you know faithful to his original Japanese portrayal where he was like Omega John Sama like other but but yeah I don't know his English (laughs) voice was yeah just no good did did they call him shockwave Oji San (laughs) yes no. but yeah poor uh, like we no me and derek like we love cyberverse like i think like i think his name is jake fushi who voices optimus prime like i think he was fine in cyberverse like it, and that show was a little more cartoonish so he could mm-hmm. like you know he could stand to be a little more over the top but in this like it just he was trying to be serious and it like also maintain his like Peter Cullen impression and it just didn't work. I I thought I thought it was weird like in terms of I I don't know if it's if it's something that I take from previous interpretations of the character or whatever but like you know how like I guess Peter Cullen always talks about that that he's trying to be a soldier, but, but have care or like, I I forget how he describes it, but he he basically says there's a a certain level of balance. He tried to achieve like taking, you know, inspiration from his brother and then, and then kind of, you know, the John Wayne thing and all this other kind of stuff. And and the way I took, took it is like, there's, there's a certain level of being measured. There's a certain level of confidence, but there's also a, a certain level of, you know, uh, proactive. I remember, like he always you know? says, like his brother told him, like, like have the strength to be gentle, like sort of, yeah, like, like a sort of warmth underlying it. Yes, yeah, and I think, I think, I think what we're missing in the performance is that warmth, and then, and then when it does get emotional, I mean, it, it, it just seems uh, very, I don't know, like Tourette's like. I guess, you know, it's like, it's like, he'll be, he'll be, he'll try to give the facade of being measured, like, I'm talking to you right now, and I'm angry, you know, and it's just like, well, (laughs) okay, like, I I mean, you know, I I get that he's trying to go for, like, there's some things, like, I, I think the moment with that was, like, where he's like, let him go, it's like, we are not the Decepticons, you know, and it's just like, all right, I, I get that he's making a point and it's supposed to be this moment, but like, it just, it, it, it seemed very forced, you know, like, and, and again, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I even felt like I did it better too, because I'm like, I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, like, did what, like, did his outburst, like, if, if the notion is Optimus Prime is the calm, measured father figure in that scenario, and Dad got mad at any of the kids' suggestions and inference that, hey, maybe we should fucking just kill Bumblebee so we don't get marked, right? And he's like, no, we're not going to fucking do that. And then, and then if you're mad, right, and then everybody's like, oh, shit, Dad's pissed. Like, okay, let's, let's not do that. But, like, I don't 
I don't like that's how I think the scene was intended to play, but I don't think it was executed that way. No, no that it's no, it's funny. Like, and I'm not exactly from like too familiar with them, but like when I watched it in Japanese, it, it, it was Tencho Genda, who is the original voice of Optimus Prime, like doing Optimus Prime, and he sounded like he sounded right. Like, even though I'm not that like familiar with him, like you know. He's just like, you know, autobotos. Like, like he, you know, he sounded like experienced and like right, like right for the role. But like, I don't know. Yeah, the, the English voice just did not work for me. You know what else I think is surprising is if this is designed to be for the 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 casies, the casuals or whatever, the the filthy casuals, as you call them, you know, like if this is if this is designed for them, like. Doesn't this, I mean, Optimus, at least especially in the beginning where he's getting butt-raped by Megatron, like, do, doesn't this remind you more of the hand-ringy, like, comic book, like, either Marvel or IDW Optimus Prime? Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, question it. Like, and then you have, like, I feel like you have Alita 1 there to, like, question his every decision and, like, like I don't know, like... I was happy to see Alita one like in that position, but I don't know. Like I feel like everything Optimus did, like you could do. Okay. Here's an, if you ever, if either of you ever watch the show again, which I don't know if you ever will, but here's another thing you can do. Like the mistress of flames, like staff donks <laughs> that you could like have a drink. We <laughs> could have a drinking game and you could probably be pretty hammered by the time like you finished, like, Every time Alita one sighs in like frustration or like relief, like take a shot and you'll be like hammered by like the third episode because I feel like all her lines are like, oh, Optimus, we can't do that. And then it's like, oh, we got to go over there. Like, oh, and I swear to God, like the second time I watched it, I was noticing it. I'm like, why? Why does she keep sighing? Like, like I, they just because Optimus hasn't plugged in with her in like four million years. <laughs> she's frustrated. Sure. Yeah, yeah, she's frustrated. Yep. Like, that that first episode with her, like I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Like she's gonna be uh, an irritating. Like I can do better than you guys, female character. But I, I get what Mike's saying. But I, I was thinking about this today. I think she's just kind of at the end of her rope with Optimus because she clearly cares about him and they you know she even says like this is not the life that she yeah. wanted for them uh, clearly she had some alternate in mind where they were probably you know living in some cybertronian house and you know hauling cargo and being happy or whatever but i think she's at the point now where she sees someone she's she clearly cares about making questionable decisions and not just that but like decisions that kind of go against I guess they're, I don't know what the right word is, like their, their, their religion or their, their beliefs that they hold sacred. Like he's like Optimus wants to take the Allspark and move it off the planet. And she's like, she and everyone else is like, you can't do that. Like we'll, we'll die. Like that's, that's supposedly what will happen. So that, that she's questioning that. I think she's kind of in the right here to question him on on some of this stuff like okay here's someone you love they're making questionable decisions in battle like maybe could get you killed not only that now they've got this wacky do idea of taking a sacred object off the planet and doing that might 
kill everyone. So, yeah, I think she's kind of right to have some questioning of Optimus, but to like, you know, I'm not burying Mike. There, there are times where this questioning seems uh, a little too much. Like it seems like a lot of her scenes are questioning Optimus, uh, casting doubt on his decisions, and maybe kind of being short with some of the other characters. Like that can come across as being bitchy a lot of the times. But I think a lot of her questioning comes across to me as like, oh gosh, like what am I going to do? How, how do we get out of this situation? There's, there's some stuff about that, that is as much as it's something that people might think of as progressive, like also smacks of giving your girlfriend a job, like, (laughs) like, 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 and it, it makes it very awkward, right? Like the thing is like, it seems like, in this, Alita's capable, competent, like as as most folks would want a character of that caliber to be. Um, but and and I think Justin's right. Like like the whole Allspark thing seems weird. Like this is why I wish the backstory wasn't such a bunch of vague booking. It's kind of like okay, they they talk in platitudes and speechifying like you can't just say like cybertron you know megatron says cybertron needs my strength and optimus says cybertron needs freedom freedom from what like like what What does that even mean yeah i don't i don't know what that means optimus like like that's why that's that's why alita one seems believable because you yourself are alita one going what the fuck are you talking about bro that's not Alita being written well. It's Optimus being written poorly. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I I kind of agree with that because I I want to know like what what is Optimus's mission statement here? Like it it sound like oddly they they seem to have put the Autobots in the the ragtag bunch of rebels positioning right like they're on the receiving end of this they're they're the you know the underdogs in this scenario whereas if you listen to the backstory they're telling you at some point the underdogs were everyone in these mines and and everyone in these gladiatorial games like do we know what happened to the gladiatorial games do we know what happened to the mines like like and, and not just things we can infer from IDW comics because we don't you know this is not that you know we don't have that like so it's like and and if there was some kind of elite ruling class what how did Optimus come into it at what point did Megatron cross the line it sounds like you know like it's weird but it almost sounds like their backstory was like Ryu and Ken and and uh, Alpha Trion was Goken. You know, and they and, and they taught them some shit. And oh yeah, or or maybe you know maybe a better example would be you know I don't know Ultra Magnus and and um, uh, Prime were Ryu and Ken, and then and then Megatron was Akuma or whatever. But that would of course screw up that story as well because it's not like Akuma trained with Ryu and Ken. But pretend they did, and that's kind of what we're getting the inference of. But it's like at what point? You know, at what point did things go wrong? Did they change? Like, and and again, you know, you know, of course, you're you're trading a line, right? But they're 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 trying to make inferences on certain things based on the 
the iconography of like a Decepticon flag, you know, the speeching, the 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 way that um, certain things uh, that are commonly viewed as positive phrases in Transformers uh, culture and community are twisted, and you know the, the the fact that they have you know Megatron say till all are one, right? Like that's. That, you know, supposedly, you know, you think, you know, that's a positive thing. But again, that to me, I think also subtly, may, maybe that goes back to what Mike's saying about not liking the season three, the movie cast, having some kind of bad vibes about it, trying to twist that to, to be something perverted to something that is not, um, you know, not always viewed as, as an optimistic thing. Like, but, you know, again, Megatron's plot is... Uh, what he he wants to use the all spark to basically lobotomize like everyone who's not on his side, I guess, sort of, kind of, like whatever, like uh, and yeah, and it's like that's what it he, seems like, right? And 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 it's like okay, well, you know, you could you could go the route of oh, that's like that horrible quote unquote red sun stuff, you know, or whatever. Um, Shockwave and I think Starscream and some of those other guys would just as soon kill them all. So, you know, and they, they make frequent mention that this was a revolution and not a genocide. But if they're forced to commit genocide, it's not like they're going to stop doing it. But but it, it, so, it sounds like they, they're trying to come up with, with plans to, to either bend one side or the other to their will. But, you know, I guess, and, and this may speak more to Justin than to you, Mike, but, you know, like, the thing that this makes me think of a lot is that that unwritten screenplay for Battle of the Planet of the Apes. You know, the idea that, you know, Caesar was in the right, you know, in, in, uh -huh. in, in, in you know, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Caesar essentially is a good, you know, ape, right a good chimpanzee he's friends with a human even you know and loves his human master but realizes that the system they're in is horrible he's the first ape that can talk he starts his revolution and when they start the revolution they start killing fucking humans because that's that's what you have to do right and essentially i mean you know i, I don't want to put words into anybody's mouth or whatever but i mean as vague as the backstory is like Megatron's backstory is Caesar's backstory, right? Like, like Megatron ro rose up and stood up against his oppressors, and 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 created a powerful, uh, you know, army, and and you know, is determined to right all the injustices that had been thrust upon them. But when you when you look at uh, the proposed script for Battle of the Planet of the Apes, as opposed to sort of the kid-friendly Mego, you know, good guys fight bad guys in the trees and shit thing that we got. Like the the idea was, even though Caesar was you know good and honorable and noble and and all this other kind of stuff and had good intentions, the power corrupts. You know, he 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 himself uh, began. Uh, to represent the same oppression that he opposed initially uh, onto uh, humanity, and that's what leads to you know what you see in the first Planet of the Apes, uh, a society where all the humans are deaf, dumb, and mute, and you know uh, herded like cattle, and 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 you know all you know et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And and so you've got that kind of story that could be examined. But I mean, I don't, I don't think it is, you know, like, I don't think, I don't think that's really explored. Maybe it's just me, but I mean, I, I find Megatron the most interesting of all the characters in this. So, I mean, I'm curious to see 
what ultimately they do. But then my, my other thought to this is, and maybe this is turning the conversation in a, a different direction, maybe before we wrap up or whatever, but like, wh what do you see as these other two segments being since they're so tied into the toys? I mean, I've heard things about, you know, uh, Beast Wars. I've heard things about Quintessons. I've heard things about season three type stuff. Like, I mean, to me, it seems like these next two chapters, as much as they tried to steer it to... Uh, cash G1 stuff, you know, I mean, for all I know, it, it's going to go all, you know, random and crazy with Beast Wars stuff the next time we see this. <laughs> well, they're, they're probably not going to get Gary Chalk for Optimus Prime yeah, after he yeah. criticized them on Facebook. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. They, they don't seem to be going after. I mean, this is this is another random conversation to have, but I mean, the 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 and you know I kind of have mixed feelings about the whole thing, but they they have uh, or they are not using um, union actors, right? Which is what Peter Cullen and Frank Welker took issue with, right? Uh, they're probably not using union actors because they don't want to pay them union fees, right? Um, and there are a lot of rules when you get into the union type stuff, like you have to give them three voices and you have to do this and that and the other thing, right? But on top of that, like, I mean, I remember being, you know. Uh, not, not that I ever struggled out of it, but but I mean, I remember trying to uh, do certain jobs and stuff like that. And there were always big things about don't e even if you weren't part of the union, like don't cross union lines, don't burn bridges, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, you know, it seems like at some point, like all like the money, you go where the money is. And it seems like a lot of these things, these non-union things, all the video game shit is non-union. And that's where a lot of these actors these days get their work, man, because the, the, those video games have tons of money pumped into it and they need guys to do the voices and all this other shit. And maybe, you know, someday it'll actually be unionized or it'll be part of, you know, uh, the current SAG AFTRA, you know, nonsense and all that shit. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, like, like I said, to me, it's it's a, to me, it's a little more complex to me but but i understand their perspective like if if it's not a union project obviously they're not going to work on it right and and if if netflix again you know uh is given the veneer that this is some uh big budget slick looking thing when in actuality it's just maybe slightly more expensive than machinima like i think they're still doing this on the cheap you know what I mean? Like the the fact that they're yeah. using essentially non-union actors is evidence of that. And 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 it's like, well, you know, where does that extra money go? Like, I don't know. Maybe it goes to the the guys who slick up the the smoke and the darkness in the background, or whatever, <laughs> the, or the CAD models, or whatever the fuck. But then at the same time, you're like, oh well, they're constantly reusing the models and all this dumb bullshit. And you know, so I mean, it's not it's not like this is, you know, the most. Uh, uh, expensive thing we've ever seen you know i've well let me let me do this first uh i've, I've got a like little i guess lightning round of li little minor nags and complaints that i have that i haven't gotten to so let me like stop me if you guys want to say something about them but i just want to say a couple things like yeah, like I, I actually wrote like a little list, like, and I think Justin and you both mentioned this before, but I was like, why is Red Alert a doctor and Ratchet an engineer? 
Like why? Like it's it's fine if you want to maintain like Red Alert's character, and he just happens to be a doctor. But he they don't. He's just some generic dude who might as well be. You know, he could he should have been first aid if they just wanted a doctor who wasn't Ratchet. But first aid doesn't have a toy in the siege line, so so bleh. And then yeah, like like you said, Ratchet is a space bridge engineer. What like what is Wheeljack then? Like Ratchet's an inventor. Like what what's Wheeljack then? Like the assignment of roles is kind of all like topsy turvy here. I think I think I think I think uh, I think Ratchet is um, Elon Musk or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's multi multi uh, talented, or he's he's got you know he's he's got the big ideas, but. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, some weird choices and missed opportunities. Um, like Impactor, when he gets injured and like the building falls on him and whatever, like the Decepticons look for him, but they only find his severed forearm. I thought that meant that when they find him again, he's going to have the harpoon hand. But, you know, he had the harpoon hand before that. So, like, why not just have that be the origin of his harpoon hand if he's missing an arm already? Like... That I don't know. That just seemed very like a missed opportunity. Because um, the toy didn't have to know harpoon hand, Michael. Yeah, and we uh-huh. didn't know what to do with our CAD modeling software. <laughs> we couldn't do it. No. Um, when they have that stupid ass like trap, I think it's in the second episode where like you know Cog touches the wall and it it's like, duh, there's just energon in the box. Like there's nothing here. Like like okay, first of all. Like when Optimus hears it's like highly concentrated energon, he's all panicked and he's like, like, get out of there. And I thought that meant they were going to snipe the energon and cause a huge explosion Mm -hmm. or something. But instead, like, no, they just shoot Cog. Cog gets a huge chunk taken out of him, like a fatally huge looking chunk. And they like drag him away. They escape that battle and he's in the med bay. And by the next episode, he's fine. So if you're going to do that much damage to Cog and like try and show the cost of war, why not just have one of those Cog lookalikes like take a headshot or something like some like kill some red shirt if you're just going to hurt a, an established character and then bring them back the next episode with no consequence. That that I hate that scene like that like none nothing works the way it's supposed to work in that scene like like I said like the impactor thing the. And then, like, the Energon in the box, like, Bumblebee steals it. And you don't know how that happened. Like, you don't know how Bumblebee got in the middle of that battle and stole the Energon. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. But um, speaking of Energon, uh, two chunks of, of Energon is enough to power the arc because that's all that Bumblebee steals from Soundblaster, two chunks of Energon he can, like, hold in either hand. That And, and like, Wheeljack's, like... Oh, like I need unrefined energon to power the arc. And I'm like, that's not how refining energy sources works. Like the whole point of refining them is to like, you know, purify them. So they actually produce the power you want. Like, I don't know if they're thinking, oh, like it's supposed to be like the energon crystals from Beast Wars and it's supposed to be all raw and stuff. But you you refine energy to like make it more you know produce product basically so i don't know that didn't make it that didn't make any sense to me i'm I'm just gonna remind everybody the reason why that doesn't make any sense is that they don't fucking care they don't fucking care 
<laughs> I can I can I just throw in I don't know yeah, if you yeah, get to this or not. Um, I'm kind of sad. Like Springer's never going to meet um, Impactor, right? And didn't yeah, Springer have no. a toy? Like so, well, yeah, Springer oh, okay. had a toy in the Siege line, but nope, okay. he's not in this. So okay. boop. Oh, uh, here's another like minor grammar Nazi niggle that I had at the in the last episode when Megatron flies off to like or drives off to go stop like Prime at the space bridge. He tell he gives Soundwave the order decimate that ship. Now you don't decimate a single thing. Decimate refer is dis- like reduced by tenths. You you decimate an army. You don't decimate a single thing. Like, he's basically telling Soundwave, reduce that ship by tenths. Like, that's not, that's not the proper, like, terminology. Like, you destroy, he said, if he said destroy that ship, then yes. Like, unless, or, like. Or obliterate. Yeah, right? obliterate that, annihilate that ship. You don't, he says decimate that ship. Like, there's only one ship. That's not exactly how that word works. But um, and then my last my last like lightning round point is and it's it's not really like a criticism or anything. But did you guys notice at all that like the female like characters had sort of a hip wiggle like when they walked like maybe like a little more like the normal like than like just enough to be noticeable. I mean, it's probably like that stupid video they have where they take like. The, the Catwoman video game motion and then apply it to Batman so he looks like a Nimrod or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, it was funny. Yeah. It's like when Alita 1 and like RC were like walking around, I'm like, they're kind of like swaying their hips a little more than like, you know, would be natural. Like, I, I was like, what are they, like horny animators or something? Like, I guess, but I don't know. It's just something I noticed, but because I'm a perv. Pervert. He's a pervert. Because <laughs> uh, I, I sure want to lube my exhaust pipe or whatever the fuck <laughs> what, did, what did breakdown say in like the thread on bot talk he's like someone like wheeljack says like well polish my tailpipe or something oh he said he said something like what, what what they turned it into like polish my asshole like yeah polish my asshole <laughs> it's like you know you know that's interesting though like if the goal is to get like uh say uh uh guys like us uh in our in, in our old age let's say or even guys that are you know that that uh, are maybe even older than us right but w- regardless the point is people that are generally generationally sharing this right like like you have a nephew or you have a son or you have a grandson or you know whatever it is right and you say oh come down and watch this right like I, you know, I'm not, I mean, look, we're, we're on Fanhole's podcast. I curse up a storm. Like, that's just me. That's who I am, right? But, and and this doesn't bother me one way or the other. I don't, I don't really give a shit. But I can see people's point in that if, if you were going into it, you know, I mean, part of me is kind of like, oh, you've been watching them fucking DC movies? Because they fucking say ass and bitch and fuck and tits and whatever the fuck they say every five minutes. But I guess nobody's watching those because I'm lame and I'm the only guy who still likes DC, but whatever. But, um, you know, like, like that, that moment where he says, oh, Bumblebee, you know, we didn't pay you to be an ass or whatever. And, and, and yeah, I think somebody had the reaction on there. Like, I'm, I'm watching this with my kid. Like, I don't want to have to, you know, filter it or explain, you know, I, I basically, I don't think he was prepared for that to be a thing. And it was, and like, I, I can I can see that, right? Like you're, you know, you're thinking like, oh, this is designed to sell toys and 
Transformers and whatever. Like, I mean, I, I don't even know if they do, do they rate these. Like, what what is this rated? I don't know actually. Like, I don't know. But anyway, I know, yeah, I don't know what yeah Netflix's system is or if they even have yeah. one. But yeah, so. But anyway, I don't know. But that's I, 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 that, I that was find that interesting. So. Yeah, well, anyway, those th- that was my, like, sort of lightning round of little nags and stuff. And, I like, I don't know, if we're, we're kind of headed towards wrapping this up, like, basically I'll say I, I agree more. Like, I totally understand, Justin, like, what you're saying. Like, I think it is better than the, like, the Machidama stuff. However, like, I also agree with Derek where I think it's it's got the veneer of being higher quality than that stuff, but it's... I don't know, like, it's a veneer covering the same, like, low-budget and poor writing, like, stuff. Like, like what, I don't, I forgot who says this, like, like you you know, who who I can attribute this quote to. Like, I think, a, like, a, a wise man once said, like, uh, style is a disguise for substance. It must be some famous artist, I'm gonna have to look it up, but... It's like style is often an, an excuse to hide form and substance or something like so. And that's I think that applies here, basically. Yeah. And, and, and there's no doubt the, the style is way better, but it's just better style. Right. I don't know. But Justin, do you have like final thoughts on this or anything else you want to bring up? Um, not really. Like I said, uh, I think Power of the Primes just. It hurt me. It hurt me really bad. <laughs> and I, this was such a, I don't know, I was just delighted that this was not as bad or on the same level as that, that I think I was able to enjoy this for the most part. Like I said, I have problems with certain plot points and certain voice actors not fitting their role and, you know, Ratchet should be Bill Jack and vice versa and stuff like that. Like, you know, like I said, I could, you know, we can and have nitpick this to death but i think all that stuff aside i was able to just you know tune in and enjoy it for the most part and be present for it yeah like like let me put it this way after we watched power of the primes i was like oh man like after i finished watching this like i didn't feel like i wanted to slip my wrist so that's a good right that's a positive <laughs> after power of the primes i was like oh man like i do I want to ever watch anything Transformers again? Like, what? What even? What is life? Like, I don't. <laughs> what is? Well, I mean, I, when... I, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty low fucking bar, right? Like, as long as as long as these guys make shit that doesn't make me want to slit they, my wrists. If, if they announced like new writers and a new like you know showrunner for like Earthrise, which is going to be like the you know the second part of the trilogy, like. Like I don't even know how they're gonna do like Earthrise. Obviously, they're going they're gonna show up on Earth. Maybe so are they gonna like animate humans. Like what are what are they gonna do? Like I uh... yeah, I, I had that same thought too because I was well, like, didn't okay, they, didn't they proudly proclaim there weren't gonna be any humans in this? Yeah, that 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 could be. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's not the first time this shit don't make sense, but yeah. I bet, I bet, you know, because, you know, like, the very last scene where it's, like, the arc in sleep mode and it's, like, like vessel approaching. Like, I bet all of Earthrise is going to be a Quintazon thing, like, in space. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, we're on Earth. Brr, like, you know. Something that did kind of make me chuckle. Um, Ultra Magnus and Megatron talk about Tarnhauser Gate. And that kind of, like, made me laugh because... 
Tannhauser Gate is like a Blade Runner reference. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. like it's a reference to Tarn, and it's also a reference to Blade Runner. So I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. Oh, you know, that's nice. <laughs> I thought it was weird that it's described as a real world reference in the TF wiki. And I'm just kind of like, but it's not real. <laughs> like, it's fake. Like, Blade Runner well, isn't real. No, it's funny. It's like, the TF Wiki, like, pages for this, like, they're all, like, we're talking about the casuals. I feel like it's bringing out all the casual, like, editors to, like, they, they like none, none of the experienced people are, like, the, you know, the mo- the moderators have been really adding to those pages. So, like, I feel like, you know, they're going to get, like, severely edited once all the excitement is over and done with. Well, step one, Blade Runner is not real. He's not real. <laughs> yeah. I think I added it in, on, in, into the, the wiki. I think I was the only one who noticed it. But um, in episode four, when Bumblebee's, like, getting paid for his Energon, like, oh, Shannix. Yeah, that's, that's actually, like, Shannix that he was paid, like, from, like, Marvel UK. Like, the gold nice. coins that, like kind of look like they're kind of like they kind of look like mini g's almost like uppercase g's so like i was like oh that's cool like someone actually like referenced that so like that's a nice like there there was like some care put into it yeah 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 i'll I'll give him that death's head needs to get his shannix yeah death's head needs to be paid in shannix derek do you have any like any other final thoughts or well Speaking of all that care, what what what, what is there to use Shannix on on that fucking war torn piece <laughs> yeah, of shit right. planet? Uh-huh. I, I I wonder is he buying is he buying up all the Cybertronian TP? Is that what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't I don't know what you know. It's funny because I, I I just thought like if everybody's so low on Energon, why would you sell that shit? But I don't I don't know. I so sometimes that that aspect of it the uh, the. The, the commerce aspect of Transformers confuses me a little bit because you know how they it's like Energon is a form of commerce, but then it's not like so I and, or and it's like, wait, it's like, OK, you can barter food, right? Like and if I think of Energon as food, then that's one thing. But then like part of me is like, oh, basically everybody's like, we're all starving. I've got two loaves of bread. OK, I will gladly trade it for some for some quarters. It's like. And then Bumblebee's walking away all happy, like, hey, man, I got two shiny quarters. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck are you going to spend it on, brother? Like, I don't know. But anyway. He's, he's going to a bar where the Fembots walk around without their torso. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Yep. You've, you've, all those, you've, like, you've recol- actually cleared, you've cleared everything up for me. <laughs> all those, like, recolored models of, like, RC and Chromia are, like, walking around yeah. in the bar or something. Yeah. yeah. Doing their... their wiggles and their hips way yep uh-huh. oh my god all right so i guess that was i guess that was it that was our discussion on war for cybertron siege and you know well i'm glad like justin like enjoyed it because yeah. i yeah. was yeah well, like, I, I, think, I think there were a lot of people who had that that general reaction to it where they said ah this is pretty good or you know maybe they thought the first couple episodes were slow and then they you know, they, they they got into it, you know, towards the tail end and that kind of stuff. Like I've 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 heard different people say. Like I things. feel, I feel Justin, like how you guys like kind of feel when people are like 
well, when people say to you, like, you know, like, oh, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery are great. Like, they're fantastic. Mm. Like, like, and I, when I watch this, I'm kind of like, I feel the same way. Like, I know your pain, basically. Like, <laughs> one, one way or the other, somebody's eyes are bleeding somewhere. So, yeah. so please, friends, choose to live and don't watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, friends, choose to live. That's what he was saying to Ultra Magnus, and then he shot him. Dude, fucking Ultra Magnus. Take the fucking shot, bro. Yeah, that like, was a... He just kept talking and hesitating and bullshit. And what's, that's yeah, what's, like, that's something I forgot to him? mention. Like, what what's the lesson there? Like, Ultra Magnus didn't shoot Megatron in the back, and then he died. And then Bumblebee does shoot Megatron in the back, and he lived. So... What what's the like the that lesson is is take the fucking <laughs> take shot. the shot shoot first like be Han Solo don't be uh don't the be... lesson is choose life choose life yeah. <laughs> choose to live choose to live yeah if choosing to live means shooting <laughs> go for it oh my god um, all right Derek why don't you do our usual spiel. All right. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, and tons and tons of concerns, you can send them to Fanholes Podcast at gmail.com. We are over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. There you can listen to all the backlog of episodes of Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays. We've got plenty of other spinoff shows there as well with the backlog. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets that we receive. And we can be found on all kinds of streaming media. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thank you, Derek. So this is Mike saying, remember Cog? He's back in ALF form. This is Derek, Derek WC, not a court of law, so I can't tell you that you've murdered anyone. Signing off. And this is Justin. Autobachanai. the wiki mentions it too but like even like the most basic shit like they couldn't get right where you know when jetfire shoots skywarp in the back and <laughs> skywarp only has a single bullet hole but jetfire's rifle has two barrels <laughs> well you know it, it got him in that like apex in the back like right on the side which is totally not fatal and only one hole was blown through him and the other one missed and then he immediately transformed, flew off, and then died in the arms of Starscream. And then Starscream, a court of law, uh, decided that Jetfire had murdered him. <laughs> uh, may, maybe maybe with his peers, his other secret peers, they, formed a, jury. Like... they formed a jury and declared him a murderer. But you know, <laughs> I, I didn't see that part of the, 
Yeah. Star screams like he killed my best friend Skyrap. <laughs> Sky, Skyrap. <laughs> my best friend Skyrap. Thundercracker's like, oh, I think his name was Skywarp. Shut up. <laughs> we wanted to make a third faction, like we've never seen a third faction in fucking Transformers before. We've got a mercenary faction. We were so excited. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Uh-huh. I'm going to invent this thing. It's going to be called the shoelace. It's going to tie shoes. It's going to be great. <laughs> Finally, people's shoes won't fly off willy-nilly. They won't just fly off and shit. They put put that Velcro out to pasture. You know what I'm saying? You don't just slip on the, the Crocs anymore. They're going to be shoelaces for them Crocs. Because <laughs> everyone wears Crocs. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? I don't understand, man. So, because uh, I'm dumb, um, what 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 is Cog supposed to look like? Like, what are his real colors? Because <laughs> I don't know. The blue and the silver one. Okay, was that the one that? Wait, so which 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 Cog was with? people the most the blue the one with that went with rc and the one that went with rc was the real the real cog and all the rest were okay okay and all the rest were just like you know i don't know yeah reflector autobots or something or whatever okay Okay. feels it does feel weird that like just by chance of having a new toy that cog is is like catapulted to stardom basically like what fuck's Cog? Oh, he's that little shit like tank that comes with Fortress Maximus. Like I didn't even know that existed. Like okay, everything's coming up Cog. <laughs> yeah, he's the Millhouse of this. Cog's story. mom thinks he's cool. <laughs> 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 Which I guess would be Fortress Maximus. Yeah, <laughs> Remember Alpha? No, no, no. Fortress Maximus is his dad. Cerebros is his mom. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Remember Alf Cogs. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure one of those Cog recolors clones in the background is called Alf. Alf. <laughs> that that'll be the the communications guy Cog who's like, we lost the signal. Thank you, Alf. Like he's always trying to eat Ravage. <laughs> <laughs> 